0: Headphones working for everyone? Awesome, awesome, awesome. I've got a, uh, a question that has nothing to do really with this session, but it's a, it's a quick survey. Who here has cats? Great, keep that thought in mind. Um, welcome welcome to day two or day three, depending on how long you've been in Vegas. Uh, the Tuesday of reInvent. It's, uh, these are long days, we know it. Uh, thank you for taking the time to come to this session. And hopefully it'll be informative and humorous even Uh, i'm jim carroll i'm a category leader with aws marketplace i'll be joined by the lovely and talented dan mcdaniel who's the chief architect and information security officer at wizards of the coast and together we're going to tag team on the topic of detecting network and security anomalies with traffic mirroring traffic mirroring was a service it is a service that we announced recently at our reinforced conference in the middle of June, which was in Boston. That's our inaugural conference dedicated to security. It'll be done again in June, I think, in Houston in 2020. So it's a good thing. So that was announced, but we're going to talk a bit about it, give you an overview of what traffic mirroring is, you know, why we've done it, what customers are asking for, what it matters to you. And then Dan's going to come up and give a real-world example of a customer who's using traffic mirroring with third-party tools, give you a a bit of a context of what you could possibly do with it also. Then I'll come back on stage, uh, wrap it up a bit, give you a summary of what's happening, uh, give you some call to action. There's always homework at reInvent, so I've got some suggested reading and other sessions that you may want to go to. And then we'll send you on your way. So it won't be too long, and it should be a pretty quick session and we'll go with it from there. So traffic mirroring, what is traffic mirroring? If you at all uh, work in a data center and you do on-prem networking and you're used to layer two, layer three stuff and you're infrastructure operations, you're a network engineer, and now you're working with Amazon Web Services, you've probably found out that networking on AWS, well, networking in any cloud provider is different. Uh, Where are my packets? You know, you, you get flow logs, but where are my packets? Traffic mirroring is essentially a virtual tap. So it allows you to take packet information and route it to devices of your choice, out of bound uh, networking and security devices. So that's essentially what traffic mirroring is. What we're going to talk about is how you could, the context of implementing one, uh, the filtering cases, what, what a target's going to look like, all that kind of stuff, and again, the examples. And why would you use traffic mirroring? Well, if you want content ins- inspection, if you want to take a little bit more of a, a deeper view on your threat monitoring, anomalous behavior, what's goofy, what's wonky, check it out, because uh, troubleshooting is really improved with this. Rather than taking a look at logs and backing up from a log, you're getting the packet, so you could really remediate things more quickly. And that's partly why we built it. Customers have been asking for this for a while. Customers have been saying, you know, I need better visibility to the network so I can detect anomalous behavior. Is it a security threat? Is it an application that's hiccuping? What's going on? So I want to be able to take a good look at my network and what's going on. And you gain more operational insights too. With packets, you can then make decisions on what your security posture should look like. And you can make really more well-informed decisions on how you set up your security. Uh, Customers have also wanted to be able to take a look at packets because you may need packet information to demonstrate to a regulator that you're within compliance. There may be a mandate, uh, a regulatory thing you're you're after. Uh, Some countries are doing this, but a lot of industries are doing this. You need to be able to demonstrate that you have information at the packet level so you can be compliant with those mandates Uh, but also as i mentioned earlier uh, visibility for troubleshooting if you've got incident responders who are responding to a a hiccup in an application and then they got to go to a log they got to back up that log it could take hours for them to figure it out with a packet you could really take a look at near real-time information and solve problems more quickly so that's what customers have wanted and why do we do this with traffic mirroring what are we doing that we think we're getting right well In the old days, meaning before June, if you wanted this kind of behavior, this visibility into your virtual private cloud, VPC if you like acronyms, um, you had to use agent-based tools. And these agents sprawl all over the place. Agents are expensive. You have an ephemeral server, you have an ephemeral container. Why are you putting agents in there if it's only gonna be alive for a couple of hours or a couple of days? Tough to manage. Agents sprawl. So we believe that traffic mirroring will simplify this. Uh, it will also improve your security posture. If you are putting an agent into uh, a v- VPC, you know an EC2 instance, uh, that's a customer space. The agent is now in a customer space that may be compromised. And so that agent is taking compromised information and giving it to a tool. Traffic mirroring works at the elastic network interface level of your EC2 instance. So the ENI within your EC2 instance, it's capturing packets at the ENI level that cannot be corrupted. So you are not gonna get compromised information. You're gonna get clean packets to make uh, good decisions on that. We also think that traffic mirroring will allow you to use the best of breed tools of your choice. You could mix and match vendors. Traditionally, if you've been using agent-based tools, those agents work with a given set of tools. I am, you know, Vendor A, and here are my agents, and here are the three tools that Vendor A offers based on those agents. With traffic mirroring, we're giving you the packet, so you can mix and match vendors. And so you've got more choices. You could also do cool things as far as routing higher level traffic to one appliance and less important traffic to a separate appliance. So you could really do some fun things. That's what we think traffic mirroring is gonna do, and hopefully uh, we're getting it right. So far, it's been pretty good. Uh, the three components of traffic mirroring targets, filters, and sessions. Targets are the destination for the packet. Filter is, you know, hey, I want some of this, I don't need all of that. The session is visualizing or presenting to you what those packets do. And you can present it into tools, you can present it into uh, appliances that are available on AWS Marketplace, you could go through open source tools, you could even build your own stuff if you want to and we're going to go through uh, each of those pretty quickly. We're going to start with targets. Again, targets are a destination for the mirrored traffic. What are targets? The target, as I mentioned earlier, could be the Elastic Network Interface. Well, it has to be the, the Elastic Network Interface. Uh, this is going to be VXLAN encapsulated packets. So any of the devices that you're going to be using, the third-party tools, whether they're virtual appliances or SaaS tools, they have to be able to uh, parse out VXLAN encapsulated packets. Fortunately, most of the tools do, and we'll have a slide or two that show uh, maybe a dozen, two dozen logos of of companies that we've already vetted that work. So don't worry about that. It also, it could be a network load balancer. The network load balancer, as the name implies, it's a load balancer. So why do that? Well, it allows you to, to deploy fleets of appliances behind a load balancer Uh, For robustness, resiliency, redundancy, whatever fun R word you want to use, if you've got a traffic mirroring target in an availability zone and it starts acting wonky for some reason, for whatever reason, the NLB, ELB will be able to take that packet and now route it to a different target in a healthy AZ. So it keeps the thing up and running. So that's a bit of information on what targets are. The filtering, as I said earlier, this allows you to manage the, uh, the inbound and outbound traffic. You can define what gets copied, what doesn't, and you can just take a picture of this. There's plenty of documentation on this, but it's not represented in a, as you know, beautiful a picture. This is a nice cheat sheet. So rather than go through it all, those are, are what filters are available, and there's the options with each within each of those parameters. So the filter again, uh, just allows you to make, make sure that you, you're choosing the packets that are of interest. You, maybe you want some, you don't want all, that's cool. And uh, an example of that, right here. Uh, and so for you cat owners, I'll tell you, this is my cat's favorite slide in the deck because you'll just stare at these dots and go, huh, and it gives me a nice break to go get a cup of coffee. Everything's cool. But you've got a, a representation here of inbound and outbound packets. You could set up a filter where you say, you know, I just want to vet the inbound traffic. I don't care about the outbound traffic. You may want both, but you don't have to have both. So this is an example of what a filter could do for you. Um, and so if you've taken a picture of that, you can do that too. Um, but that's great, the, the animation, gotta like that. What is a packet? Great. Here is another picture slide. I'm just gonna build it out so you can take a picture of it. This is all the information of what the VXLAN headers should look like. Making sure you can parse it correctly in your, your appliances. Um, that is the packet format. So right there, you've got uh, what a target looks like, uh, what the packets look like. And now, here are some of the catches. We truncate anything over 8,946 bytes. Hasn't been a problem so far. We got, we got a lot of customers who are using this, and that seems to be heavy enough for them. So that's cool. Um, the other thing I should back up and mention on the uh, the load balancer, you would need to set up a UDP listener on port 4789. So that's another thing that isn't on the slide, but I should mention that just so you, so you know that. Again, that's in all the documentation, but the UDP listener in the uh, load balancer is what would, you would need to make sure that works right for you. Um, and so the sessions, what is a session? A session is Information from the source, going to a target, plus filters. And it presents to you, ta-da, your mirrored traffic. And what you do with it is you know, you've got options from there. Uh, the, the important gotchas here is to understand that the packet is copied only once. Anytime we have traffic mirroring, that packet is copied once. But that one packet can be made available to multiple sessions. So as I was saying at the front of my speak, if you've got HTTP traffic that you want to go to one tool, but TCP traffic to go to another tool, this is where you would be able to do that. You could could define sessions based on what you want to do. You could bifurcate, but you could do up to three. So I guess that's trifurcate. Uh, I may have just made up a word. Um, And when you build these sessions out, you would prioritize them. You can develop a priority list. The lower the number of the session, it's the higher the priority and we will, we will make sure that we give the traffic priority based on that. Um, so that's just you know, when you're building out the sessions. Again, plenty of documentation on that. And so once you've done all this, what do you do with these packets? So when I say you, I mean you in the room, not us. You have a choice. You could go to APN, the AWS Partner Network, and take a look at all of the great partners that develop tools that, are, that use traffic mirroring or you could use open source stuff for intrusion detection, intrusion prevention, um, suricata, stuff like that, you could, you could do that. Or if you're a builder, cool, you could go right ahead and build your own analyzer. We don't know that a lot of people are gonna build their own analyzer. You may, it's, it's, it might not be that hard for you. But most people, we find, are going to want to use vetted products that they know they could click and deploy and simply manage. And that's where AWS Marketplace comes in. AWS Marketplace is a curated catalog of third-party solutions, software, that you could easily find. You could try it, subscribe to it, deploy it, manage it over time. Uh, you could put asset tagging on the software you subscribe subscribe to off of AWS Marketplace, so you could do creative things around uh, governance. Maybe you want certain things available to your dev test people, but you want a different set of tools available to your production people, you could do that through AWS Marketplace. Uh, the software spend off of AWS uh, works with uh, AWS cost optimization tools. So now if you're doing things to better budget and better rationalize your spend on AWS, now you can include third-party software in that rationalization. It's a growing catalog, we've got 39 categories, over 1,500 sellers, Um, and the keys here are just the flexibility in you being able to subscribe to the software and consume it the way you want. Do you need it by the hour? Do you need it in the annual contract? Do you want it monthly pricing? Do you want to have a virtual appliance that you deploy in your VPC? Do you want to subscribe to SaaS, where the SaaS provider manages that infrastructure? You've got a lot of options available on AWS Marketplace. And there are many, AWS marketplace sellers that have been vetted on traffic mirroring. You can see many right here, and I encourage you to take a picture of this slide and the next slide, because most of these logos are uh, in the expo. So if you get a chance to walk through the expo tomorrow or on Thursday, I guess Thursday, it's Tuesday, right? Awesome. You can just go up there and start talking to them, asking them questions. Uh, You could tell them that Jim Carroll sent you, and they'll probably chuckle. Uh, Here's another one to look at. So these are the two slides of uh, the vendors that have been vetted. And there's another dozen or two, but here here are the key ones. ones. Um, So once you've taken those pictures, great. So how are customers planning to use traffic mirroring? The best way to hear how our customer's using traffic mirroring is to have a customer come up here and tell you how they're using traffic mirroring. And that's where I'm gonna tag team it with Dan McDaniel.
1: Thanks, Jim. Thank you. Welcome. You stole my stuff. (laughs) Good evening. Can everybody hear me OK? Yeah? OK. All right, so as Jim said, I'm Dan McDaniel. I'm the Chief Architect and Information Security Officer at Wizards of the Coast. Is anybody familiar with Wizards of the Coast? All right. One. (laughs) What we do, we make Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, Magic the Gathering Arena, uh, Magic the Gathering Online. We basically have 30 plus years of making analog games, pen and paper games, card games, physical games, um, that we've been doing for so long. We have so much deep and rich IP that three and a half years ago, our new CEO said, we're now going to take our analog games, we're going to make them digital. We're going to start building out games that people can play. And we're not going to do it in a very normal fashion that's you iterate one game two and a half years later, you put out a third game, we're gonna go horizontal. So we're gonna put out six to eight games within a two year time frame. In order to do that, we have to have four to six different studios working at the exact same time. Now we're gonna be building these games across PC, mobile, console, and we're gonna be building these games across different types, co-ops, RPGs, MMOs, um, trading card games. So basically, in our space, we have eight games. They're completely different, completely different cadences, completely different requirements on uptime and performance. Anybody here play a Call of Duty and their shots don't go off in a timely manner and you get killed? That's the kind of stuff we deal with um, in a lot of our time-sensitive games. So we look at our environment and we say, okay, as these games are being built and deployed, how do we get visibility at a level that makes sense that we can keep up with what the games are doing from a feature set with continuous deployment, continuous integration. Some games are looking at deploying three or four times a day, our platform does two to three a day. Um, how do we do that from an operations backside and not become that gatekeeper, or that roadblock when they're trying to go fast, get features out to our customers and trying to get um, performance optimal at the same time? So. Like any digital company, we're on the cutting edge with Kubernetes and Docker. And so we're building games that are running anywhere from 200 to 500 nodes at any point in time, being spun up and spun down. Docker containers are coming and going. Um, and in our environment, where we do what's called a deploy and destroy method, where when we do a big feature release, we literally will spin up a whole nother environment, reroute the traffic, and just destroy the other de- environment. So. When you start looking at things like applying agents or SDKs, it's very, very impactful to the business. Um, a couple of things. One is the, the cost of it. If I'm running a, a failover to another region, I literally have a double set of agents running for a matter of an hour. Then the old environment disappears. I don't want to pay for double my agents just because they were running at the same time. I also have a, have a challenge from operation to getting pricing on the agents for the vulnerability scans is how much do I pay for a year if in an environment in one of my games I'm running anywhere from say 800 to 10,000 servers a month over the lifetime, what, what is my cost? Where, how do I get that figured out in a, um, especially a space where I have free to play, where everything is really down to the nanosecond of cost versus performance to the, to the game and to the players, right? So we're looking at these really dynamic and ephemeral environments. And we really challenge ourselves as, how do we figure out the best way to give us visibility into what's happening so we can secure the environment, give us the visibility into the performance of the environment in these really dynamic natures. And remove the operational overhead. We really don't want to be as anybody here can tell you from an operational standpoint, be that blocker that says you can't release on your cadence because the operation guys don't understand what you're doing because you release a new environment. They haven't got the agents checked in. They haven't got anything figured out. So we're trying to get out of that space. And when the whole um, vision of traffic bearing came to me about two and a half months ago, um the first thing i liked about it was the nativity of it it's a native visibility into the packets that's going on in my environment which means i don't need to put agents on the machines to see what's going on from packets moving in between um, ec2 instances in or out i can now see things dynamically i can also have transparency at a level that goes beyond go beyond log files log files is a great job to tell me what data is moving from here to there, but it doesn't tell me what's in the packet. And from a performance scenario, if you have malformed packets or um, something that's been modified inadvertently, if you don't have visibility that you don't understand why your your game's running slow, you're having performance behaviors. So we really needed to have that visibility in order for us to deliver these games fast, deliver these games out to our customers, and to give the best experience to all of our uh, players as we go through we also need to make sure that when we would be running A-B testing, right, which is very common in the gaming industry, we'll run two different environments, same game with some back-end tweaks a little different, just to see which one does better. We also need to understand that from a performance at the packet level. And so when we got into the VPC traffic mirroring and we partnered with ExtraHop, we're able to route that data directly into the ExtraHop tool and they can give us within real time, pretty much what's behaving at that deeper level. All we have to do is we just bifurcate our traffic um, from EC2 instances, which basically, um, something that I want to make sure we're clear, you have to have a nitro version of EC2 instances to leverage uh, VPC traffic mirroring. Um, But now we can just route that data out to our endpoint, which for us is ExtraHop. ExtraHop does the analysis. It gives us the feedback what we need in a timely manner. Scaling doesn't matter, agents aren't on anything, SDKs aren't required and now we can actually start partnering with our development team so they can start making changes in a real-time manner that works within their cadences, which is super important for us. So the way it's going to work for us is because we drive the traffic in from our games, hits our extra hop, uh, reveal like SAS toll and then our analysts can sit there and start going through and saying okay. How do we start prioritizing it? How do we evaluate the the results we're getting? Gives us a nice dashboard that we partner with our uh, studios. And the analysts can start working with them, basically, and this is how we prioritize, this is what you need to do, but this is what's really going on in your environment. It's not uh, what agents checked in, it's not that kind of stuff. This is actually what's happening. So transparency and accuracy is huge for us. So the way our partnership works with our studios is, the analyst takes the data, works with the studio owner, the product manager, manager and works in the changes into the natural CI CD pipeline process, where we can just make the changes, move it into the next loop. We can do a verification through the extra hop tool and say, yeah, that vulnerability is fixed, but here you have a new one. But it puts us in that cycle. Instead of being a gatekeeper or a roadblock, we're not just part of that development cycle, which is where we want to be from a a fast gaming environment that we're moving to. And that's really what I got. <clears throat> Jim, up to you. Awesome. If you guys have any questions, I'll be around here later if you guys wanna ask me anything. Anything? Almost.
0: <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you. All right, great story. So you, you heard how uh, traffic mirroring was able to give Wizards of the Coast uh, better agility, greater speed uh, in, in addressing issues. But I love the way he was. Dan was saying it keeps him out of the way. Uh, if there's if there's a hiccup in an application, rather than ping the app team and say, Hey, hey, can I interview you on what's going on? Packets that are coming to these tools give you a chance to know what's happening and remediate without interrupting uh, your CI/CD uh, workflows. Uh, so a quick summary, and then we'll give you uh, a call to action: continuous monitoring for, for sensitive workloads. That's that's the The highlight of of the session is that uh, traffic mirroring with third-party tools allows you to really take a look at what's happening uh, and uh, come up with better decisions for your security posture, uh, become more agile in how you deal with incidents, and lots of good stuff. Uh, What you heard from the marketplace standpoint was these are vetted uh, appliances for virtual private cloud or SaaS products that are subscribable to you right away, and you know these things. going to work they're not going to break amazon web services they they conform to our security postures so you'll you'll be deploying products that we've tested for security for performance for agility for deployability for for subscribability so take a look at the aws uh, marketplace catalog um there is more though it's like a ginsu knife but don't answer yet uh, since these decks were put together, there were some related uh, announcements on traffic mirroring. Last week, uh traffic mirroring team announced that there is now expanded availability for traffic mirroring uh, products can be deployed. Traffic mirroring is now supported in Sydney, it's in Hong Kong, and it's also in GovCloud, which is very important if you're a public sector company or you're a third-party company supporting. Uh, public sector companies. Uh, it's also uh, now able to do CloudWatch. CloudWatch metrics can be set up and uh, fed into traffic mirroring. So, so CloudWatch will allow you to get information about which packets are being looked at, which ones aren't. So if you wanted to take a look at uh, some CloudWatch-based metrics, you could also set up alarms. So if there's a threshold you want to set up, the metrics can be set so the threshold will alert you once that threshold is being approached. So that's pretty cool. Also, what we heard from customers, especially customers that are deploying stuff at scale, if you get workloads that are in the hundreds or thousands of EC2 instances, getting the ENI on each of those EC2 instances ready for traffic mirroring could be a daunting task because it's just big. So Amazon Web Services built a serverless application model template. It's a Lambda script that will uh, greatly simplify how uh, the ENIs are needed to be configured for traffic mirroring. So that's some new stuff. Uh, and I'm sure I forgot one or two. Th- oh, CloudFormation, CloudFormation templates. You could now uh, invoke uh, CloudFormation templates for traffic mirroring. It's supported. So uh, spinning up of an appliance that's traffic mirroring enabled, use the, uh, the SAM template, you should be good to go. We're trying to make it as simple as possible for you. So that's, that's all good stuff. As far as other things to do, there are a lot of sessions at reInvent. We know that. Here are some that you should think about. Whether you can attend them or not, you know, just take a picture of these. In a couple of weeks, the recordings of these will probably be on YouTube. Uh, these are related sessions on EC2 networking, what's new with VPC networking. Specifically, uh, some of these deal uh, on traffic mirroring. The one that if you can go to, NET402, Networking Wizards, Ask Me Anything. The, the two networking wizards, uh, Nick Matthews and Matt Lewis, they're brilliant and they're hilarious. So you could really ask them anything. These are both principal uh, solutions architects within uh, AWS. They wrote the book on how you can become certified a solutions architect with the networking competency, uh, literally, and uh, they're great. And so I encourage you to check them out if you can. If you can't, you know, then hopefully that session will be recorded. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Uh, as Dan said, uh, we're ending pretty early. So if you have any questions, come up to us. We'll, we'll be able to uh, answer the best we can. Uh, thank you very much. If you want to contact me directly, that's my email address. Happy to help you out via email. Uh, and I see someone's taking a picture. Cool. Last but not least, fill out your surveys. Um, and with that, you're free to go. Thank you very much.